What if you not only understood the process of death and what happens afterward, but also released your fear surrounding it? What if you could navigate through grief when someone passes in a very healthy way and learn how to actually honor the lives and the transitions of all of your ancestors? Wherever you are in the world, I invite you to take a deep breath with me, to let the outside world fade away and to tune in into the inner world. Together on today's episode of the Sovereign Moon Podcast, we're going to delve deep into the heart of November's astrological energies, and we're going to understand why it's time to honor the cycle of life and death, to acknowledge our past, and to more importantly, carve out a path toward healing in order to disrupt the patterns of karmic, ancestral, emotional pain that we carry in our DNA. Satnam, beautiful Sovereign Woman, Satnam, and welcome. Welcome to today's Sovereign Woman Movement podcast episode, where we are going to be talking about something that not a lot of people want to talk about, especially if you were like me. Even the word death, I didn't even want to say it out loud because many times I would even think that by me even talking about it or facing it, that I would call it into my life for some reason. But the thing that I've learned the most about death and about the process of living is that those that learn and understand the process of death are truly sovereign beings that are fully liberated from any shackles, from any prisons of the mind or any ways that we basically put out a lot of fear into this world because of the fact that we have not understood it. And I know most of the time, I think you will agree with me that when we talk about death and when we talk about like people experiencing that the the biggest pain usually is not even with the people that end up dying it's it's typically the people that stay behind that are still in the physical that are trying to make sense of what this world is all about which is why there's so much collective grief that the collective consciousness is going through that needs to be processed and healed in order for these emotional ancestral karmic patterns of emotional pain to actually be disrupted so today's subject matter in this whole week is going to be heavy, but my intention for all of you is that at the end of these next two, three episodes, that you feel light, light as a feather and connected to the divine so that you can release those fears from your consciousness, from your auric field and learn to truly be a beacon of light and hope for others, especially in this thing that we call life. Now, it's been a while since I've been on the podcast. I... First, I didn't plan on taking a week, uh, an extra week off to integrate, but I really, really needed it. Uh, the last time that I uh, broadcasted a live episode was actually during the week where I started my Kundalini Yoga Therapist uh, session training. So I'm in a, right now, I'm currently enrolled in the full, it's actually a three-year program to become a Kundalini Yoga therapist. And I'm very, very honored and excited because, you know, my every time I go through these sessions which what happens is there are like four day sessions that are live online with my teachers many of them who are doctors western doctors phd therapists themselves and so when i go into these sessions my life completely changes as much as they're there for me to help others through this journey of healing ancestral karma from their lineage what happens to me is out of this world and so that week before i left to costa rica I did a four-day back-to-back uh, session on just grief and death. 
And it was absolutely life-altering and life-changing. And I am still, in fact, integrating because what happens is that you go through the four-day live sessions and then you have like homework that's going to be due actually in January. So I have a little bit of time to to complete it and I'm going to need it because it was just a lot. By the end of the session, though, I felt so relieved. I felt lighter. I felt so much more at peace with the process of my death, with the process of the, with those around me and their death which was incredibly priceless and valuable. But I needed a lot of time to integrate and to really apply what I had learned. So Sunday, I ended the live session. And then Monday, I was on my way on a plane to Costa Rica with my family, which I thought it was divinely orchestrated for sure, because we were supposed to be in Costa Rica actually in September. And we didn't, we had to cancel our trip because my mom had an emergency surgery that she had to go through, which led her to a near-death experience, which I'll talk about today as well. And so we canceled the trip. And I always know that if things like that happen, which rarely do my trips get canceled, but sometimes I don't go to the place where I'm supposed to go and I'm taken somewhere else, then I always, always trust the universe, trust God, because there's a reason for it. So then in October, when the opportunity finally came for us to go because we were really really busy with work as I can be mobile because I teach everything virtually my coaching is virtually everything is virtually but my husband he still and him, my son still have to be kind of planted here um, because they own a construction company so they're always managing people and things of that nature so when my husband said you know what this is the week we got to go this week or else it's going to be a while before we go again I was like let's do it so we uh, booked the trip and it, I knew in my heart that it was not a coincidence that we would be going on the week of the full moon lunar eclipse and that we would be in Costa Rica on the full moon lunar eclipse because this full moon lunar eclipse, which we're still in the energy of in November, was about closing major cycles. For most people, it was closing out a two-year cycle that began when the north and south node of the eclipse was in the Taurus Scorpio axis, which it will not be in again for the next like 20 years. So what we were learning the last two years were themes with these eclipses around the Scorpio and the Taurus energy, which I'll get into a little bit today. But as of this last lunar eclipse on October 28th, I think it was, that was the last one we're going to see for the next 20 years, because now we're moving into a whole different vibe. The eclipses are always uh, uh, appointed to a north and south uh, node energy and the next couple of years are going to be all in Aries and Libra which is a whole different vibe so whether you were aware of it or not you were closing out a major cycle and I knew that this was happening but for me I felt like it was a longer chapter a longer cycle in two years so what ended up happening was we went to Costa Rica we had a plan to look at um, land because for a while now we started to go to Costa Rica back in 2014 and for 10 years we've fell in love with this beautiful country and believe me we've traveled to a lot of different places in the world really trying to connect with the land and and figure all out our next direction because when we actually grew up in California and we moved from California to Arizona about 2001 we were young my husband and I were young our son was super uh, small but it was the best decision of our life most people that don't move never get to really experience the journey of major transformative change and being only in one location can get you to be very very um fearful and so when we moved from california to arizona it was a big big um 
big change and a big transition in our life, which made us really fearless. Because once we came to Arizona, we were like traveling all over the world and just really exploring all our aspects of the world. Now, I was born in Mexico. So a big part of me wanted to purchase land and build a house in Mexico. And it's not like we don't go. We always go to Mexico. In fact, last year, I think I went to different parts of Mexico. I think six different trips just to Mexico. And this year, at the beginning of the year, I went to Palenque, which is a beautiful uh, Mayan city that I absolutely fell in love with. But there have never been signs. There hasn't there hasn't been that that feeling of this is where you need to live or this is where you need to build a house. So we really never, even though we were interested in Mexico, we it, it, it's a whole different vibe in Mexico versus Costa Rica. Like this, the way you feel in Costa Rica, it's so safe. It um, there's no army, there's no air force, there's no there's no military, and and the vibe, the people. Not that there isn't darkness, because there's darkness everywhere. And truly, ladies, let me tell you something. Whatever is inside of you, that's what you're gonna attract in the outer world. So it doesn't matter if you go to Costa Rica or Mexico or Paris, if you haven't dealt with your mind and your inner energy, then that's what you're going to find there. Even if you went to a secluded island, you know, and you hadn't dealt with your mind, wherever you are, there you are. So, but there's something about Costa Rica that for the last 10 years always draws us back. This is the third time we've been. And Costa Rica is a small country. You can actually see it and travel from the north to the south in six hours even though the, the, the streets are very narrow and, and it's a lot of lushness and, and beauty. But we knew 10 years ago that we would end up buying a house there or buying land there. It's just things didn't come together. It wasn't until I started practicing Kundalini Yoga and doing deep healing work as well as my husband that things really started to manifest very quickly. So we knew that going to Costa Rica, we were going to be looking at land we hired a realtor to actually show us around. We've been in communication with her for a while, but I knew something really magical was going to happen. I just didn't know exactly what. And so for the last, like the, we booked our Airbnb, a couple of Airbnbs, the first uh, five days we were there, I think four days. And I left the last three days open because it was right before the um, eclipse. And I was like, I don't know. I just need to leave it open so that we can really be shown where we need to be on this eclipse. Well, as we're looking at land, we find the most beautiful, perfect land, by the way. Our realtor, I started talking to my realtor, and she and I have so much in common. In fact, a lot of the healing work that she's done, a lot of the plant medicine work that she's done, very similar story to my story and my family's story. So then she tells us, you know, would you like to come to a full moon lunar eclipse a ceremony that we'll be hosting on Saturday on the day of the eclipse. And I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I wanted. And then she mentioned that Mother Ayahuasca would be present. I was like, oh my God, because in 2015, we went to Peru and we worked with plant medicines, Mother Ayahuasca. It was a 17 day journey for ceremonies that completely changed my life. Now it wasn't what brought the healing home, which is what I've talked about in many of my podcast episodes. In fact, I think people need to be more conscious and careful about plant medicine work right now, because for me, it's something that I prepared for spiritually, physically. When I went to Peru, like being on a dieta, which means basically cleansing and eating really high frequency foods like vegetables, a lot of water, releasing myself from caffeine, from alcohol at that point, because in 2015, I still used to drink. So just it, it's something you have to prepare for spiritually physically and mentally. 
And so it was not, I knew one day my faith would join once again with Mother Ayahuasca's. I just wasn't searching for it. I wasn't like chasing it because it's not, if people think this is a way for you to tune out and to kind of like, like a drug that just kind of makes you numb, like it's nothing like that. It is very, very powerful medicine that has been used by indigenous people for healing, for the connection with the divine. But you, you get to see everything that's inside of you. And what's inside of us is not always all light. We have a lot of darkness, a lot of repressed grief and emotions that we haven't dealt with. So if you're not willing to face those things within you and then to after the medicine, take the charge to actually make those changes happen, you shouldn't even be drinking the medicine. So when she told us there would be medicine, I was like, oh my God, again, we meet again, this is time. But I didn't, I, I didn't feel prepared for actually going into full ceremony with her. And that's what she told us that it wasn't gonna be a full dosage, that it was literally just gonna be like a drop of mother ayahuasca, which that's when I was like, okay, I can do this. Because even though a small drop is very, very uh, potent, just being in the energy of mother ayahuasca, just being in the energy of her presence, of the shamans who work with her, of the medicine woman who, who created her in that particular uh, night, was enough for me to actually like really like uh, feel the essence of the healing and the closing of the cycle that we were there to do. So we, we went to this really beautiful sanctuary house. It's a healing house at the very top of a mountain in Costa Rica. It was like so sacred and so surreal because we so much had happened that week in Costa Rica that now we were there at this top of the mountain to do this ritual, to do this ceremony work. And it was life-changing. Not only did we experience um, Mother Ayahuasca, just a small, small drop, but we also worked with the medicine known as rape. And, and when I was in Peru, they offered it to me, but I was really afraid because of what it does to you. It's, it's an absolutely powerful cleansing tool. It is um, tobacco mixed with different herbs that they get like a little thing and they blow it up into your nose, okay? You're not supposed to inhale it and you're not supposed to exhale it out fast either because you'll hurt the practitioner, which it was very, very scary for me. So I ended up blowing out a little bit of it, but it literally like takes out your demons. Like you set an intention with it and you put it in through the nose and then it, it was very, very powerful. I started to throw up and I mean, under the full moon lunar eclipse, I mean, I really felt like there was a major purge that was happening. So all this under the lunar eclipse with these beautiful souls that we had just met, all happening so quickly. So then I come back from Costa Rica. We we found the land we were looking for. We went through this medicine work. And all last week, you know, we had Halloween, which I don't celebrate, although I do go and hang out with my nieces and nephews. But it is a day that we need to be extra conscious because sadly, dark forces have used that day to 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 do very negative rituals in this world but then we also had Dia de los Muertos on Thursday which that to me is the most important day of the entire year like that Dia de los Muertos the day of the dead for me has become even more important than Christmas or anything else that happens throughout the year because to me it's a very a day where I get super excited that more and more people are honoring connecting with their ancestors and and working through the grief because there were new ancestors that I had to put on my altar this year that I thought was really unbelievable that they were there. Like it was weird. Like all last week I felt kind of like not in my body, like super positive, like knowing that I'm on the right path, I'm following destiny, but like 
really like a strange alien because I couldn't really integrate and fathom all the things that were happening around me. Plus, it was a very emotionally charged week because I was putting on my altar and there were tears coming, even though I had spent a whole week processing and understanding death. But it really hurt me to see my family members around me that had lost someone they really loved, some unexpectedly, which we're going to talk about on Wednesday, how no one dies on accident. And we're going to understand suicide. We're going to talk about that, too. Uh, but also just like I said, it's the people that stay behind that really struggle with, with someone transitioning. And so it was a very heavily charged energetic week where I was just trying to process everything that the plant medicine taught me in Costa Rica and all that I learned and I was trying to integrate it. And then we get to the United States of America and it's like this pent up energy that feels like it's gonna, a ticking time bomb that's gonna like first plus we dealt with a lot of emotions having to do with halloween and the yellow muscles so i'm telling you all last week i was just like i need to ground myself in the body i need to take care of myself that was like the message nurture yourself get rest get sleep because when you go through these big quantum leaps of consciousness when you read an amazing book when you watch a, a video when you work with plant medicines what happens is that your mind is trying to integrate it all so it doesn't have enough time to do it in the day. So what, even if you go to sleep or you take naps, you're not really asleep. You're not in the deep states of REM. And that's what's happening to a lot of people right now, that there's been so much change and transformation. And how many people have lost loved ones, especially in the last two years, like everyone, right? If it's not because of an overdose of fentanyl, suicide, the pandemic, people dying just of death, right? There's There's been death that has visited probably every single family in this entire world. And what I realized was that we are all working through collective grief where none of us have really tapped into the essence of what that grief really is like. And because of that, we keep repeating these patterns because ultimately that's why we stay on these ancestral karmic patterns of emotional pain. It's because we don't, we haven't processed the grief. If, if especially if there were tragedies in your family, like, how many of our grandparents, like my my uh, grandfather was murdered. He was killed by another man. My uh, husband's uh, grandfather, he died tragically in a car accident. Like our ancestors went through some serious stuff. And if our ancestors didn't get the healing, because grief is not something, we're going to talk more about grief tomorrow and on Wednesday, but grief is not something you can time. Grief is not the same for two people. Grief is something that must be felt and, and, and getting help like therapy is very important. And if you think about our ancestors or our family, how many, how many of our family members are actually getting help, therapeutic help for the grief that they're processing, whether it's because of someone that died recently, a long time ago, or perhaps even their own death that they're going through or all the different changes that they're processing and moving through. And because we don't get the help to help us process it, then what happens? Then the pattern repeats itself. That's why you see many people in your lineage dying of a car accident or many people of your lineage suicide or many people of your lineage uh, overdose or many people of your lineage dying because of a heart attack. It's, it's not that the disease is transferable like a heart attack. It's the fact that the emotions, the grief was not healed. So then that becomes a DNA pattern within you that then you process and become as an adult and even even as a child 
So that's why we have to really learn how to process the grief. And more importantly, we need to understand death. Because if once I was done with this class, this, this four-day session, the only thing that kept ringing in my head was like, if more people understood death, they would not be afraid to die. So what is left for me after the sessions and after after my Kundalini Yoga therapist sessions and after I came back from Costa Rica is this vitality, this conviction, this faith in God and in the divine. And you see, when you become liberated from the fear of death, from your own death or the death of someone else, you're a powerful, sovereign being. And you're such a powerful, sovereign being that that energy projects itself from you where you now give others permission around you to be at peace to come to home to themselves, to be themselves. So you don't even have to say anything. It's the fact that how you carry yourself, the energy of your connection to God, that faith that really heals others around you. And so that's why this week, I really want to focus on talking about death and the process of death and grief. In today's podcast, I want to specifically focus on astrologically. Why are we all feeling at a very high level this collective grief and this whole basically us needing to face death and needing to face our biggest fears about death and to start off we'll talk about it astrologically tomorrow in our podcast episode at 10 a.m mountain center time which you can join me live i'm going to go deep into the spiritual aspects of it so what is the perspective of death as it relates to a course of miracles which will help you really create a pathway to the healing of your life and your lineages life your ancestors and then on Wednesday, we're going to look at the yogic perspective of death. What happens before? What happens afterwards? What happens in suicide? What happens in uh, overdoses? What happens in car accident deaths? We're going to talk deeper about that on Wednesday. But today, let's start with understanding why we're all being forced to really face this aspect of death. And also why we're all meeting at a very high level to process and work with grief. So this month of November brings a very different energetic vibe than the month of um, October because October really opened up the portal to eclipse season, which eclipse can be very sporadic, chaotic energy. Eclipses, eclipse things out of your life, people, relationships, habits, addictions. All of a sudden, it's like all brought to the forefront and you're like forced to face it. And either you face it to learn to transcend it or you reject it, which persists in your life as a pattern. November comes around and November still has that sparkling energy of the eclipse season because to be honest with you, eclipse lessons are six months long. So whatever was happening to you in the portal of the lunar and solar eclipse in October, got to think of those themes. October 13th was the uh, solar eclipse. I believe it was on the 13th or the 12th. The lunar eclipse was on October 28th. What happened to you between those two weeks? And especially how did that peak on October 28th or around those dates? Because then you'll know your theme. What were you working through? You can also pull your free astrological chart, which I created a worksheet on how to do that. And you can find what house, especially Taurus, sits in your chart. You can just look at your chart. Oh, there's Taurus. What house is that? There's 10 houses. Each house represents what it is you've been working on. So for some of us, it's our home. For some of us, it's our career. For some of us, it's our sexuality. Whatever that is, you really can tell and create a picture. So you can start to understand what it is you're working through so you can stop repeating the pattern. So then November comes, and here we are a week into November, still feeling the vibe of the eclipse season. 
But then we have a really important thing that just happened on November 4th, which was yesterday. And this is going to set the tone for the entire month of November and really close out the year 2023 to prepare us for 2024. So November, Scorpio season, Pluto and Capricorn, all having related to death. We also have the planet of karma himself, the planet of time or the illusion of time because its rings are disappearing. Saturn finally going direct in the sign of Pisces. It has been retrograde since March. So think back to March. What were some of the most deepest karmic lessons you were learning? What were some of the most painful aspects of the themes that you were work, working through in March? What were some of the challenges? What were some of the pain points? What were some of those things that were being brought up as lessons for you then? Because since March until now, November 4th, we've been working through these lessons. And now as the planet, as the uh, Saturn, the planet of karma, father time comes direct in Pisces, it's almost like the veil is off. Here's what you learn. Now, what are you going to do about it? Now, what are you going to, how are you going to start taking action? And here's the thing that when we don't take action, we suffer tremendously because one of the things that we are very afraid of unconsciously, we just don't know how to voice it is not fulfilling our dharmic purpose. And, and that is why it is known that most people die on Mondays because they're usually in a job or a pathway that they absolutely hate. So when you think about November in general, and what we just went through in October, we have Scorpio season. Now, Scorpio season runs through about mid-November, but Scorpio is all about death. It's associated with transformation, with rebirth. It's a water sign. So it speaks to the emotional and intuitive realm of your experience. When we're in Scorpio season, we're basically challenged to go deeper into the subconscious mind to bring those matters to the forefront, which is what eclipses do as well. Now we have to remember, Scorpio is also ruled by Pluto, which Pluto is the planet of transformation, of death, of the subconscious mind. It makes us really look beneath the surface to confront and to understand the deeper truths of our existence, including and basically our subconscious pattern. And this absolutely includes ancestral patterns, and the karma, the negative karma that has been passed down through the generations. So you have a combination of Scorpio season where we're experiencing this heightened awareness of, about mortality, about our legacy, about what is left behind after death, which prompts us to really go within, to really question and ask how it is that you are living, what psychic inheritance you might be carrying. This is a really powerful time for karmic healing. Because the veil is always thin, but more people give themselves permission to finally see what is beyond and between the veil. So there's this energetic support for us to release what no longer serves us, to embrace the transformative power of letting go, especially with Pluto being direct in Capricorn, which I have to remind you all that Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008, and it's going to leave the sign of Capricorn finally because I'm a Capricorn and I can't wait till this happens. <laughs> Finally, in March of 2024, it's going to be going into the sign of Aquarius. I keep reminding you all that the United States of America is going through its own Pluto return. This only happens every 246 years. So it happens to institutions, 
countries' businesses unless you get to live to 246 years. But just to give you an example, when the Roman Empire went through its uh, Pluto return, it collapsed completely. So what Pluto is doing is it's showing and bringing to the light where there is abuse of power, where the where you are needing to govern yourself in sovereignty. And because we're moving into Aquarius, which is all about community, the power is redistributed to the people. There's not one hierarchy, which is why you are going to see even more destruction, even more things fall apart, especially from now until about March of 2024 when it peaks and as we start to enter into this Aquarius season. So in essence, Pluto, uh, Saturn, uh, also uh, basically this energy that's been compiled up through Scorpio season, what it brings us to the forefront is in facing those things that need to die, those belief systems, those ways of living and being, the way we have a connection with God or not. Because that is the big shift in consciousness that God is not in a church, in a priest, not even in a guru. God is inside of you, inside of me. And when we have a deep connection, intimate spiritual connection with the divine, not only are you not afraid of death, you realize what an illusion it actually is. And that takes you to a level of sovereignty that you can't even imagine or fathom, but that is your purpose. So as we move from the Scorpio season in October, as we start to really look at what Pluto and Capricorn is bringing to the light, as we start to really work with the energies of Saturn now going direct in Pisces, because Pisces is all about the illusions, but now that we're making it real, then we're all going to be forced to face these things that are dying in our life, whether it's actual people, or whether it's actual habits, ways of thinking. And this is very uncomfortable to most human beings because we are creatures of habit. Even if the thought system, even if the behavior, even if the victim mentality doesn't serve you anymore, you without that victim story, you without that chaos in your life, you almost feel empty. Because if especially you've been raised in a chaotic home where there hasn't been a lot of peace, your body is literally addicted to cortisol. So when you do find peace and when you're at calm, your body's like, I need the kick, I need the kick. So you start to go create drama in your life or you start to bring up all of these fears that you have about death. There were so many times because one of the biggest things that happened to me when I was a child, I was only eight years old. My aunt, who was like a mom to me, she transitioned. She died of uh, brain cancer. And I remember the day that she died. And I remember that that was the day that my mom completely changed. She went into a deep state of depression. So not only did I lose my favorite aunt, somebody who I consider like a mom, no one explained to me what death was. And then my mom went into this deep depression. Thank God she didn't take pharmaceuticals. They were offered to her antidepressants and she couldn't handle them. She's like, I can't. Because if she would have taken those antidepressants, we would have been, at, we had a crazy rocky childhood, but if she would have taken antidepressants, it would have been a million times worse because she wasn't feeling the grief. She wasn't antidepressants, just like drugs, just like alcohol, you're numbing yourself from those emotions. And what we have right now as a collective consciousness is build up grief that we haven't felt even as children. Why? Because antidepressants are like the number one prescribed pharmaceutical. They're not to be used for long periods of time. They're to be used for just when you need it for the grief, supposedly. But 
we become people become addicted to them. I've never, I've always been opposed to pharmaceuticals. I've always reached out for the natural path of healing, which is why Kundalini Yoga therapist was so important for me to uh, become because of all the healing that I received from Kundalini Yoga and also plant medicine work. That was was and will continue to be very instrumental in my work. Mother ayahuasca, other plant medicines like mushrooms um, and DMA at one point a long time ago. All these plant medicines were instrumental, instrumental in me being able to integrate all of the grief and all of the pain that I've been moving through. But see, none of those things make you addictive. None of those things you have to be on for the rest of your life, even doing yoga or A Course in Miracles, it tells you, hey, what you're seeking is inside of you. You don't need me. You don't need anything outside of you. Everything you're seeking is inside of you. That's a good teacher. If you have a teacher who says, you need me or else you can't survive or I can heal you, I can fix you, you better run fast because no one can do that for you. Only you can't do that. Only you can crown yourself. Only you can say yes to God. No one else can do that for you. Now you can get coaching like in the Southern Women Academy and help from a mentor to get you there. But ultimately, it's you that's in your own way. It's you that's also the solution, which makes it pretty fair and obvious for all of us. So we're working this month through a lot of opportunity, opportunity to manifest and co-create our deepest desires, because that's exactly what I'm feeling. We either are feeling the low vibrational frequency of I'm afraid of death. I'm afraid of what's dying. I cannot let go. I cannot change. I cannot transform. Or you're on the opposite end, which is processing what I'm moving through, which is a lot of grace, a lot of gifts, big dreams coming true in, in such auspicious, mystical ways, like in a way so that I was, that God made sure that I knew it was God's for hand. If you are practicing Kundalini Yoga, if you're doing the inner work, working through your own shadows, doing the forgiveness work, your life is very, very different than the 99% of the people that are not practicing inner work, that are still in the victim mentality. So the world doesn't determine your life. It's your inner world that creates your outer world, which is what we have to learn to be courageous. And when it comes to death and when it comes to grief, that's where the most chi energy is needed because these are things that you were not allowed to talk about. You didn't have anyone to talk about. You didn't process that still sit as memories in your body. So right now, it's important for you to reflect and as we go deeper tomorrow and the next day in understanding death and grief, I want you to first ask yourself these questions that are going to help you tremendously in what we're going to be discussing here in the podcast. First, how are you managing the power you hold? We have two types of people right now. One that is abusing their power and is afraid to admit it. Sexual power, power at work, money, all these different things. Or there are, there's a second aspect of a person who's actually afraid of her power. Because at one point between 2008 and 2013, I had abused so much of my power back then that when I started to gain my power back through the healing journey in 2013, 14, 15, I was actually afraid of my power. I was afraid that the power that I was being bestowed upon me of intuition, of prosperity, of wisdom, that I would once again abuse it and use it for the darkness. Well, even through that process, I had to work to accept that power that was born within me, accept myself as a powerful being and not a weak being. So it's like a, a layer and it's like a ladder that you have to climb. Either you're in denial that you're abusing your power, control freak with your children, with 
your family, with people at work, or you're afraid of your power and you're not willing to step into the light. Number two, to ask yourself, what structures in your life require transformation? And this is going to require brutal honesty. Kali, the goddess of liberation herself, says, beautiful daughter, give me your anxiety. Give me your jealousy. Give me your nervousness. Give me your trauma. But you can't do give it to her if you're not aware of it. So you have to be honest with yourself. What structures, what people, what habits, what experiences in your life require transformation? Number three, how can you prepare to embrace a new collective chapter in consciousness as Pluto moves into Aquarius in just a few months? Because this world will once again be unrecognizable. I said this back in 2019 and 2018. I said, by the time we get to 2020, the world will be unrecognizable. And that's when the pandemic happened. And I didn't even know a pandemic was going to happen. It is going to happen again. We have these pivotal points. And 2024 marks a huge, huge crossroads in humanity's journey. It's going to happen again in 2025. But next year, it's going to be one of the most potent ones that we're all going to feel. Because we're going to see it in the outer world. So you got to ask yourself, how can I prepare to embrace this new collective consciousness, this new chapter, this new cycle? And then ask yourself, in what ways are you being called right now to resolve past karmic debts or heal ancestral wounds? The child abuse, the sexual abuse, the trauma, the addictions, the depression. In what ways are you being called to resolve this? Write it down. Write it down so that you can finally acknowledge it. Because acknowledgement is probably 33% of the journey. Then the 60% of the journey is acceptance. And then the rest of the uh, percentage is all God. All God saying, finally, she's going to give it to me. And she doesn't want it. Anymore. And then last but not least, you have to ask yourself this question. Are your spiritual beliefs in alignment with the life you are living? Dr. Gabor Mate, a trauma doctor, says that the number one reason why we stay in patterns of trauma, of depression, of anxiety, is because we are not being authentically ourselves. So are your spiritual beliefs, and they probably changed a lot in the last few years, are they in alignment with the life that you're living? That's a question only you can answer. And through that honest answer, you'll be able to gain awareness as to what changes actually need to occur. Now, if the changes feel heavy and like something that you cannot manage, that's where you call in the place of God to help you let die what needs to die so that you could resurrect and stop carrying that illusion of that you can so this season is going to reveal a lot a lot that we're supposed to undertake a lot of soulful accounting of our life's direction our destiny our purpose and the legacy we're here to leave this is a very potent time for setting those intentions for releasing and for this deep spiritual emotional work that we're going to be talking about this entire week so like i said tomorrow Join me again at 10 a.m. Mountain Center Time Live. You can ask all the questions you like. We're going to take a spiritual perspective, a course in miracle perspective on what death is 
and overcoming grief. And then on Wednesday, we're going to go deeper into this subject matter. And we're going to talk about the yogic perspective of death, understanding guilt, understanding suicide, understanding overdoses, understanding accidents, car accidents, so that you can connect back to the essence of having faith in God and understanding that death ultimately is an illusion. And that when we truly integrate that, we can be liberated and be solved. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. I'm very much looking forward to this discussion as we continue to talk about these things that perhaps at one point nobody wanted to talk to, that at this point are our pathway to liberation, sovereignty, and disruption of all ancestral common patterns of lineage. Thank you for you. I look forward to connecting with you again tomorrow. Be sure to subscribe. Hit the bell notification here. Please leave your comments below as well. Let me know what you have been experiencing during the Scorpio season as it relates to facing death. Let's share with us below so that others can truly gain a better perspective of what it is that you're moving through as well. Thank you for you. I'll be back tomorrow.